Welcome back to another episode of Sales with Aslan, where we put the emphasis on the ales, right, Tom? Yes, the emphasis on ales. Yes. You make money off the sales, but you have fun with the ales. Absolutely. This is our weekly therapy session where we help those that uh, sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And Tom, I absolutely adore, yes, I'm going to use that word. I adore the subject matter for this week. <laughs> we are going to help our fine followers to defend the value of those more expensive solutions. I think some people run into yeah. this challenge from time to time. So yes, not only maybe it's, it, it's not an ex more expensive, I guess, yeah, it could be just for people who like, Hey, what I sell is really expensive, but it's also for people who sell something that's perceived as a commodity. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, the same. it's like, it's the same. So you've got to defend the price of what you're offering when there's got to be a cheaper solution out there if it's seen as a commodity. So we're going to talk about selling value. That's what we're going to value. talk about. Selling value. value. You can but, call it selling value. Some people call it negotiation. Some people call it the price objection. But it's what do you do when what you sell is more seemingly more expensive than your competition? I love it. I love it. And we're going to get into that. But first, there is something cold, frosty, and refreshing in front of both of us. And it's mm. the same beer. We're going to enjoy the Founders Centennial IPA. It is featuring Centennial hops. It is, um, let's see, the, the stats on this, that Tom. They're 100 hops or are they, they're 100 years old? No, nah, I don't think they're 100 years old, okay. but they are Centennial hops, and I don't know what that really means. But um, it is 7.2% alcohol by volume and 65 IBUs. So are I'm you worried. Have to share the significance of the 100? I'm concerned about 65 IBUs, because that could be very, very hoppy. But uh, you're going to crack yours, I'm going to crack mine. I don't know the significant, I don't know what the name really means. I know well, this. I thought it was to celebrate the 100th podcast. I, I know this, like if you'll permit me. Oh. I was, <laughs> Sorry. I was gifted this for our 100th episode um, ah, okay. a couple you're weeks ago. Say. Yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, this was a gift from the uh, Ales with Aslan team, sales with Aslan team. Okay. I thought you were going to skip over that. Now no, I, I wasn't, but I wasn't getting to it quickly enough for the CEO who was a little impatient just there. Impatient. I'm impatient. <laughs> well, this is good. It's tasty. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Get out there and try that, people. That's a good one. And it's, uh, it's always gotten, you know, meeting for you now. It's the 100th episode of Sales with Aslan. Well, very good. So again, the topic, defending value in your solution, whether it's a commoditized product, it's a heavy solution, it's very complicated. Uh, we're going to give you a three-step process that I think will be very, very helpful to all of you out there, whether you lead teams or whether you are a, a frontline sales rep. Um, and I think, Tom, kind of by way of setting this up, I mean, you've been at this for, gosh, 25 years, right? Talk to thousands of sellers and sort of you know, triangulated in on this. And this is what consistently happens with top performers. They are able to defend their price, aren't they? Yeah, they, they, they are. And, and back to, and that's really the focus of the day is to talk about what, what do the top performers do? And I, mm -hmm. I remember uh, experiencing this challenge in my first job out of college. I, I was a loan originator. Mm. So I, I remember being faced with the question, Tom, your interest rates, wait on this, your interest rates are 13%. Yikes. 13%. And 
I know that ages me a little bit. Um, and your competitor has an interest rate of 12.5%. Now, mm-hmm. that's going to cost me $100,000 over the life loan, making up that number. So why are you different? Uh, well, uh, I'm very likable. Like <laughs> <laughs> I like you. Okay, yeah. I like you a lot. Yeah. Um, we have a great rela- we have a great relationship. Yes. Look at my business card. Yes. I have a great business card. Aren't we friends? I can't believe you brought this up. I'm offended that you brought this up. You know, so I had to I had to quickly learn how to answer <laughs> that question. It was a tough question because it's so so black and white. You're selling money. Why would I buy your money for more expensive? It's just money. So uh, I remember learning about that. And that, by the way, was the age where we still had fax machines, Scott. That was the, oh. the latest, greatest thing was the invention of fax machine. I yeah, remember. I wonder if everybody knows what that is. That's oh, listening. they have to know what a fax Yeah, they probably do. There's some in museums some places. Do you well, have any experience with uh, You know, way back around, probably around when you were founding Aslan, uh, I was working for a, a CAD CAM software company called Parametric Technology. And you know, talk about crazy cost. Think of this for a second. The software itself was $25,000. And then you had to buy a Unix box, a Unix computer to run it on. And that also cost $25,000 per seat. So if you had an engineering department of eight people, this was no small investment, right? And what was the real value difference of that over other CAD CAM software companies? And, you know, me being sort of new to that, that was a challenge I had to overcome. And wow. I didn't have Tommy Boy there to help me at the time. <laughs> yeah, so what was I to do? Yeah. <laughs> no, there was a lesser, so what I'm hearing you say, there was a lesser, less expensive solution. Absolutely. And so it was probably, and I would bet, I would bet reps would get locked up talking about the technology. Yeah. What's the difference between the technology of the expensive solution, the $50,000 seat solution, and the less expensive solution, and talk about technology, and which, by the way, usually doesn't work. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, AutoCAD was probably a tenth of the price. So how do you sell against that if you can't talk about the technology and the difference? Well, you got you to gotta discuss value. And yeah, exactly. Some of us were okay at that, and some people that did very well were very good at that. Yeah, and I think most reps want to avoid the topic and hope it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. almost every situation that we find ourselves in as a seller, we're going to face. There's always a less expensive option. And by the way, if you're if you're the only game in town, yeah, and you're you, or or you are the less expensive option because that's the position of your company is cheap, then you really don't bring a lot of value as a seller, or you just don't need to listen to this podcast because you're the only game in town. Um, yeah. So you got the new iPhone. Yep. Well, and what was interesting, back to my, my example for a second, is there was a company that came in right when I was leaving there um, that would sell 80% of the solution for 20% of the cost. That was their value proposition. Oh, wow. They literally would tell all of our same customers that exact thing. And that was tough for us to sell against. And they took a lot of market share in the beginning right. there. Um, and so companies that don't sell on value really can be in, 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 in a difficult yeah. space. And so... Tom, you're going to take us through three steps that are going to correct this terrible problem I had back in 1996. So, yeah. So, here's, the, here's what I've, um, I've recognized as what really mm-hmm. I think are the essence of addressing um, the val- what I call the value gap. And the first thing that top sellers do is they live in reality. Yep. They're not afraid to ask the tough questions about what 
else are you seeing? What are you currently looking at? What price were you willing to pay? What was your budget? What are you, you know, so again, what, what's the competition offering you? They just walk boldly down that road and find out what reality is. And sometimes when you do that, you realize sometimes people just say, uh, you know, can I have it less expensively? And they're just asking, they really don't have other options or they don't really see, you know, something else that could meet their needs. So they just may have asked for, they may have just brought up price because they're just trying to get, a, um, you know, try to get it less expensively, but they really don't have a reason to do that. And that yeah. can be revealed. Or they will find out that the customer is looking at less expensive options and they know what that is. So if your option, um, I don't think you said PTC, yep. parametric technology, something, um, if it's 50,000 a seat and somebody else is offering 10,000 a seat, you now know you're looking at a $40,000 difference. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got to make that difference up. And so, you know, a seller, a, a successful seller will go, that's what I'm, that's reality. Yeah. You know, if you've got 10 people, I've got to make that difference up. I've got to make $400,000 difference up, yep. you know, in the movie Jaws, <laughs> which we show in training. Yes. The, the townspeople were, were willing to pay a thousand dollars to anybody if they would catch and kill the shark. And the, and the, and the, the captain comes in and says, Nope, $10,000. So there's, Why should a we pay you 10,000? I want $10,000 and I'll catch and kill the shark. Yep. So he's got a, he's got a basically a value gap of $9,000. Mm-hmm. And so we need to know what that number is. And that's what, that's what um, top sellers do. They know that number. And how they get it is they position the questions in a way that will help the customer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, makes, that makes a ton of sense. I, and I do think people are so, I don't know, conditioned to negotiate that mm-hmm. your buyers, you know, are, are naturally just preordained to that, aren't they? they, they they're they all taught to, to focus on price, even though value is where they get, you know, they get what they need out of a product or solution. And it's why they're ultimately trying to solve a problem. But they're just so conditioned to negotiate. So you've got to be ready for this stuff, don't you? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like, why would you, why would you not ask for a lower price? Why not? Yeah. Why, why of course, you know, so, uh, you know, if I, if I'm looking, it's just a simple example, I'm kind of in the market for a car. And if I looked at a car and it costs $15,000, why wouldn't I ask that they'd pay 14? I mean, I'm looking at a VRBO vacation rental property right now for something later in the summer. And I, I'm, I, why wouldn't I say, can I get it for less? Can I get it for less? I mean, <laughs> it's just my, I was, this is my go-to. It's just my wife and I, you know, it's just my wife and I, and this, it's a three bedroom or it's a two bedroom. So can I have it for less expensive? I'm only using one bedroom. I'm only using Why one bedroom. charge I'm me for only, both? 100% of the time I ask. Now, if the, if the person that's trying to rent the VRBO to me said, if they said, well, what do you think it's worth? Yeah. Or what were you willing to pay? And we start having a dialogue that might reveal that I'm just asking, or it might reveal, well, actually there's a property that looks the same to me. And it has, you know, same proximity to the beach, same, blah, blah, blah. and it, to me, it looks the same, but it's this cost. And that person, now the seller can say, okay, you're, you've proven to me that you've got, so, you know, something that, that's less expensive than offering the same, then either I got to lower it or I've got to raise what I'm offering you. Well, maybe yeah. I've got, I've, so I've, I know what, I know what I have to do. I know what I have to accomplish. And so that's the purpose 
of that first step of uncovering reality is now you know what your strategy is. Yeah, you know what the new target is, what you've got to describe. Maybe you haven't established the value all the way. Maybe in that VRBO example, they are one block from the beach versus two, and that's right. got value. Or they've got a deck on the roof that the other one doesn't have that you can't see in the pictures, and that's got value. So Yeah, exactly. Or the other person just stammers. The customer stammers and goes, I just wanted to have it. And I've had that before. Yeah. I've, I've, had, I've said that to people where I know what I'm offering. I've demonstrated the value. I know I'm confident about the solution I offer. And the person asked me, I remember this one time, because somebody watched me say it. Uh, and they, they offered, uh, they asked me to come down on my price. And I said, why? I said it just like that. Why would I do that? And I listed all the things that I've done for them and demonstrated because it, it was like a renewal contract. I said, why? It was almost as if I was, I was kind of offended. And they yeah. had no answer to that question. Yeah. It was over. They had no answer to the question, why? Yeah. So, it, you know, and, and if she had a great question, answer to the question, why, then I would have been able to, okay, well, that's, that's fair. Now yeah. let's talk about it. Now I know what my new job is. It's either to increase is to increase the payoff of what I offer. Or, and if I can't do that, then I can consider potentially lowering my price. So the bottom line on the first tip here is that you just have to be bold enough to ask the questions that allow you to understand why there's a gap in value between you and your customer or between the solution and the price you're asking. Um, once you ask those questions, you now have the target that you can, that can shoot for either walk away because that's what's, you know, the price or you have the information you need to yeah. either, you know, re reestablish that value. You can either, yeah, you got three options. You either can walk away, you can lower your price because it makes sense to, because of what is available in the market. And you know, you know, the, the back to the car analogy, I know we're using a lot of analogies, but it's the same car, same mileage, same maintenance record for $500 less. Yeah. Then you could say, well, okay, you, you, I am, a, I am above market. Yeah. If you can't come up with something else or the third option is decrease the payoff. What else can I offer you? Uh, with our solution warranty, you know, uh, demonstrating that it's, it's going to provide more solution than something else or more benefits to something else. So those are our three options. I think I want to, I don't want to leave the first point of asking the tough questions to determine reality without addressing the hardest part of that is how you position the question. Yep. And so the key when you're asking those tough questions about what's the value, what's the perceived value of what you sell is, is positioning in a way that it, it's about the customer. Yeah. You know, the reason, tell me a little bit about what you're looking at, because I want to make sure are my solutions in your best interest, you know, back to your, um, your, your life at PTC when you're yeah. selling 50, it may not be in your best interest to pay $50,000 a seat. You may need to go with the less expensive solution, the $10,000 solution. It may be in your best interest, depending on, so let's talk about what your you know, what you're looking at and let's talk about what you need and then we'll, we'll decide together if it makes sense to consider the solution I'm offering because of the, of the benefits of my solution. That's good. That's really good. Okay. Excellent. All right. So now that we're living in reality as sales reps, what's the second step and in the process of 
enhancing our value? This is the one everybody skips. And this is the one that's probably least intuitive. Once we know what the game is mm-hmm. and the target is, and, and you know, here they're basically giving you um, an objective. Prove to me, go to court and prove to me that you can bridge this gap. And so we want to go to court and prove that we can bridge the gap. We need to stop. We need to stop now and make sure they feel like they've been heard and validated. And so, because we've got to remember that the receptivity of the audience is more important than your message. Their willingness to listen to you is more important than your ability to speak. And so think of it this way. Another way to think of it is you want to lead them away from, the, from, the, from their position to a new direction. Mm-hmm. For them to follow you, they need to, <laughs> they need to feel validated. You need to make them feel like you understand them, you appreciate them, you, you get what they think and feel. Because if they don't feel validated, then they're not going to be receptive to a completely different point of view. Um, I remember one time I was working with FedEx. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning of that relationship in our first meeting, we'd done a little pilot program for their inside sales team and as a way for them to vet our service. And the head of that division joined the workshop and at the end of the workshop, we started talking. He came up to me, we started talking. I said, that's really good stuff. Um, but we already have a training program provided by corporate and it's free. Talk about value gap, free. <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> yeah. Free, let's just say what we were offering was $1,000 a sales rep. Yeah. Free versus $1,000 versus sales rep. That's a big value gap. Yeah. So yeah. before, now I've got my answer to that objection like we've we've prepped and we're experienced sales reps we've got our answer to that objection so what i what i needed to stop and say is um if you've got training for your reps for free the last thing you need to do is invest in my solution yeah if it's the same solution and it's free you don't need mine and it works yeah and it works (laughs) it's driving value and he now now he's like well actually well actually yeah it's built for field sales reps and what you've developed is for inside sales reps Mm -hmm. and so the but if i would have gone yeah but yeah yeah oh yeah but it's not it's not first you know i would started the argument he needed to first you know the strength in the relationship strength and receptivity by communicating hey listen and by the way that's the truth the truth is, is if he's, if he, if what he has works, he doesn't need what I offer. Yeah, no, it's, and it's so, um, you know, like you said, it, people want to feel validated that what they're saying isn't crazy, right? I mean, that you as a sales rep that does this hundreds of times a year have yeah. heard this before and it's okay to feel the way you feel. And let's talk about this. Like to me, that's more of a consultative approach versus this combative I just think negotiating, you know, we talked about that word earlier, yeah. just has such a negative win-lose kind of connotation and it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. If you're both- I don't, I don't like that word. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, because it I, sets you as adversaries. It's me against you. It's true. You know, I, I win, you lose. You know, it's like, who's going to win, who's going to lose? And, and versus like, look, it's all about helping you solve a problem. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know if we can solve a problem, it. Right. What? And I don't know if we can solve it, but I want yeah. to help you think through it, right? Yeah, and I don't know if you and, and by another way to say, talk about this is by not validating someone's perspective, it's almost like you're 
you're, you're telling them they're an idiot. Yeah. You're wrong. So you're an idiot. So follow me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, what you did before is stupid. Your yeah. perspective is stupid. Yeah. And you've got flawed thinking. So follow me. Yeah. No, no I'm your gonna follow you. They're not going to follow you anywhere unless you first stop to validate their perspective, build a relationship because relationship determines influence. So it's not about it's, which is what I started wanted to do when I first, in my first job out of sales, to me, it was all about the relationship. I didn't know how to influence. I just was trying to build relationships. Yeah. Don't you like me enough to spend more money? The answer was no, no, I, I no. do like you, but not, not yeah, that not, way. Not a, no, <laughs> no, not, no. So that, that opened the door to influence, but it doesn't, it doesn't, obviously answered the tough question, which is why should I pay more? So number one, we got to, we got to find out what reality is. Ask the scary questions to uncover reality. The next thing successful sellers do is they validate whatever they've heard so that the other person says words like exactly. Yep. You want yep. heads nodding. They need it. And that's brings you together, strengthens relationship, which opens the door and creates perceptivity to now, the message you want to send. Now it's time to go to court. Yeah. Okay. So the third and final piece to this puzzle is you're going to tell them exactly how it is. You're going to give them the truth. Here's the way I think, and I like to say it this way. You tell the truth. Mm -hmm. What's the best way to overcome an objection? Tell the truth. Yeah. It's easier to keep track of, Tom. Lies are really hard to keep track of. Well, (laughs) well, yeah, it's easier. Well, what you don't want to do is tell them what people told you to tell them. Exactly. Exactly. You you don't want to tell, if you need to spend the time, professional, you know, high performing sales reps know why it's in the customer's best interest to pay more. Yep. So they can easily tell them the truth. So like with the FedEx, you know, I had done my homework. And I sold him, I said, if you can get training that addresses the 18 unique challenges of selling over the phone for free, you should take that. You should, but if it doesn't address the 18 unique challenges, it's worth investing a thousand dollars per rep in this because here's the benefit and the payoff for doing that. Here's how it can get you more meetings. Here's how it opens the door. And so, and I just started listing all of the things that training specifically designed for inside sales reps. Here's the difference between field reps and sales. I knew the truth. And so if you are trying to bridge the gap, you need to know the truth. Why yeah. is it in their best interest to pay more? Yeah. Whether yeah, and this is where you do yeah. have to talk about your pedigree and your, <clears throat> your ability, to, having done this in your case for 25 years, you know, hundreds of customers, thousands upon thousands of reps gives you the pedigree to say, this is what works. That's the truth. Right. And if that's got value to you, then that's the price that it, that it costs to, to deliver that value to you. And you know where all this comes from? It comes back to number one. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to have the tough conversations and find out what's out there and you honestly assess what are the options that the customer has and sees it from the customer's perspective, you're going to start to develop the knowledge of why they should pay more, when they shouldn't pay more, what is the payoff, what does it mean and, and you know, what is else is offered out there and how do you compare and you start doing the research. That's what happened to me when I first got in the mortgage business. Yeah, there were companies that offered lower rates, but guess what happened to closing? They changed the rates. Yeah, bait and switch. The bait and switch. And you've got the moving vans in the driveway and the moving vans in the driveway and you're about to close and all of a sudden, oh, well, you know what? 
well, the rates went up and we couldn't control the lock-in and the blah, 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 blah. And so now you're at 13 and a quarter percent. Oh, yeah. And so, so I started learning that that was the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or they couldn't could it close in time. So the, the lock-in period expired or they brokered the loan and there was problems there. So I was, but at first I didn't really know why pay more, but if I, if you get curious and you figure it out and you want to know the truth, then it becomes easy to bridge the gap. Yep. Yep. So it's not about manipulation. It's not about winning an argument. It's about telling them why it's in their best interest. And most people do not know why it's in their best interest. Yep. Why it's in the customer's best interest to pay more. And if you've taken the time to get them more receptive by listening to them, taking the trip and really understanding their view of the world, you now have a receptive audience. And this has a much better chance of succeeding than the fight or flight reflex we might have Yeah, <laughs> in most people, right? You either want to fight them and take them to court or you want to run away and say, this isn't worth my time. In either of those cases, you your, your hit rate's going to be very, very low, right? So Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of, that is a, that is a very good point you're making, Scott. Most people go, oh, okay, your solution, the solution you're looking at is $10,000 and mine's 50. Oops. Well, uh, bye. <laughs> you should buy that. <laughs> bye. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess this isn't going to work. Uh, or we just fight. Well, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot. You should spend more. And here's why that doesn't work either. Really good topic. I think uh, super helpful. I mean, this is something that most of our audience has probably experienced at a time or two uh, in their careers and more than likely will continue to. So Tom, any other parting pearls of wisdom before we turn these guys loose? Yeah. yeah, The the one thing that that comes to mind is, is I think about what we've talked about today is just be comfortable that you can't serve everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, know, be confident about who you can serve and be able to articulate that and send and be confident about who you can't serve. Yeah. And, and that frees you up to focus on the people that you can help and focus on the people that you can help. And you also build your confidence. Yeah. Um, because it's not about, it's not about the short term. It's about the long term, and you're going to be much more successful when you're upfront with companies and knowing who you can help, because think about your, where you are on the pre-qualifying stage. If you're just, I sell a $50,000 solution, you know, against a $10,000 competitor. Well, there's certain people that can, that really need the 10. There's some people that really need the 50. You need to figure that out and be okay with, okay, you're one of the 10. You're one of the 10 K solution people. Well, then you get, it, it, you get more confident and comfortable going after the people that you can help. You can't serve everybody. Yeah. Very good, Tom. Well, thanks so much. Great topic. We uh, recommend you focus on the payoff, not the price when you're defending the value of your solution. Uh, this has been another episode of Sales with Aslan. Please get out there and share with your friends, download the podcast, subscribe. We want to get this to as many people as we can. It's for you guys whether you sell for a living or help those who sell for a living. And we'll see you in another week on Sales with Aslan. 